The subject of our podcast today is what we can learn from a Rolling Stone interview with Bono regarding the respectful sharing of differing words and ideas. This blog is structured to stimulate respectful conversation in a cyber coffee shop, employing words that matter as a framework for our discussion. These words can provide a context to derive ideas. Typically, I use my background, education, and my faith as a context to begin our discussions over a good cup of coffee. You can check out my information at coffeewordsideas.com. That's coffeewordsideas.com. And you can mail me, respectfully, your words and ideas regarding this podcast at barista-bill at coffeewordsideas.com. That's barista, B-A-R-I-S-T-A, hyphen bill at coffeewordsideas.com. I hope that I can hear from you soon. My coffee while podcasting today is in honor of U2's and Bono's Irish roots. My coffee is an Irish coffee with Telemardu, just a weed ram, in Starbucks dark roast. Our words that matter today are very polarizing and usually shut down any chance for respectful dialogue and the creation of important ideas. These discussion words today are, you're just an a-hole. I don't care what F you believe. F you. I will kick your A. Idiot. Racist. Bigot. Sexist. As I watch TV news this morning, I find that I need to add the word objectivity to the list of polarizing words. This quote is from the administrator of the Newton, Massachusetts School District. Begin quote. I'm concerned that the call for objectivity may just inadvertently become the most effective destructive weapon against social justice, end quote. Social justice mutually exclusive to respectful and conductive discourse on opposing words and ideas? Really? Maybe this podcast is just too late in coming. These disparaging and hateful words above are being thrown around and combined with absolutely no tolerance for the views of others that may have a different but equally valid perspective. These words clearly indicate that there is absolutely no interest and dialogue around important topics such as immigration or guns or abortion or race. The words relating to these topics and other hot-button topics have people in intolerant positions on both sides. However, there is no reason that respectful and instructive dialogues around these words and topics cannot occur. This podcast will prove this thesis and provide some examples of respectful and fearless considerations of words that produce great ideas. By the way, you can let me know your respectful thoughts at my website, coffeewordsideas.com, or my email at baristabill at coffeewordsideas.com. The words we are considering today and many others find their way into the news and our cultural experiences when we attempt to consider or interact with others and their ideas. As I watch TV, I'm reminded of my time at Oxford in the UK. 
I was blessed to be invited for several years to attend an annual think tank like Conclave in which about 100 business leaders from around the world met with a like number of Dons of Oxford to discuss in small groups global economics and politics. The Oxford Dons represented the world's top experts in global economics and politics. One year, expert invitees included Nobel laureates in economics and the current president of a large country. In one of my small group sessions, a group member shouted at me, Hey Bill, you're just a member of the American ruling proletariat. These words were thrown at me during an intense discussion of macroeconomics and government politics in Europe. This lady was a highly intelligent graduate of the Sorbonne and MIT. Her labeling of me with these words was to challenge my words and ideas by using labeling words to diminish me, which is a common argumentative approach used when one no longer wishes to deal with the words and ideas from someone whom they may strongly disagree. My fellow conference participant was an aggressive atheist and a communist. Well, after the sessions that day, she and I agreed to meet for a cup of coffee at a well-known Oxford pub. While our beliefs and cultural backgrounds were opposites, we found that we liked the same cup of coffee, dark roast with two shots of espresso along with a touch of cream. Also, we found that we enjoyed some of the same American fiction writers, and she was blown away by the fact that an American management consultant, born in the South, had read Lord John Maynard Keynes' general theory. At that point, over a good cup of coffee, we began a respectful discussion of words related to the conflicts and impacts of social welfare programs that might, indeed, have profound long-term dysfunction on the very people segments these programs were intended to help, the economically disenfranchised. This respectful relationship of sharing vastly differing words and ideas over a good cup of coffee and an occasional wee dram lasted the two of us over our annual sessions at Oxford for several years. The point is that when folks with strongly held and well-considered but differing views sit down for a respectful discussion of their views an incredibly wonderful sharing of words and ideas can occur. My recollection of these respectful discourses of differing words and ideas over coffee at Oxford were driven by a combination of two totally different events that occurred at the same time. First, TV news was on in the background while I was working on my computer. TV news was presenting a college student demonstration the demonstration was aggressively objecting to a speech by someone whose views, intellectually and politically, differed from their own. Even on daytime TV, I heard most of the words that we are considering and discussing today leak into the broadcast. Secondly, as I was listening to the TV news as background noise, I was doing some random internet reading. In my reading, I ran across an interview in Rolling Stone with Bono. I must mention that Bono of the Irish band U2 is one of my present day heroes. I strongly admire Bono even though many of his political and social views are opposites from my own views. Except for our strongly held Christian faith, we don't agree on much. However, I hold Bono in awe 
because of how he can sit down with folks of diverse backgrounds, faith, and strongly differing ideas in respectful conversation, probably over coffee or we dram. Bono has established personal relationships with folks like arch-conservative Senator Jesse Helms and President George W. Bush. These personal relationships have led to saving the lives of millions in Africa from AIDS. Bono sits down with folks who strongly disagree with his words, ideas, and lifestyle to achieve a synergistic consensus that ultimately differs significantly from either party's starting point. On many occasions, words and ideas from Bono's conversation have morphed to produce catalytic actions and responses that benefited the world. We can learn so much from Bono because, among his many compelling heroic attributes, Bono has my first-order hero attributes, personal courage under fire. Bono is not afraid to hear, discuss, and be exposed to words and ideas that he considers wrong from his perspective, although I often consider his personal perspective wrong from my personal perspective. But that's the whole game of differing ideas and words. Even when Bono disagrees with someone else strongly held differing ideas, he believes that, heaven forbid, he might learn something from a respectful discourse of words that do not include the words we are considering today, like F.U. This concept of respectful discourse is euphemistically referred to as personal education. From the background noise of TV news, it appeared that these college demonstrators were a wee bit short in my courage attributes because they were wearing masks and all were unwilling to hear differing words and ideas, thereby limiting the personal education that they could derive at no additional cost to either them or their parents for their college investment. Jan S. Weiner, founder and president of Rolling Stone, who has conducted many important interviews over the years, including an interview with Bono in 2005, conducted an extensive and wide-ranging interview of Bono that was published in Rolling Stone's December 27, 2017 edition and was entitled simply, Bono, the Rolling Stone Interview. Weiner said that his interview assessed, begin quote, U2's front man on the state of his band, the state of the world, and what he learned from almost dying. End quote. The interview occurred after U2's recent release of their Songs of Experience album. Weiner's initial interview comments put both U2 and Bono's historical position in a context for the interview. As Weiner posited, quote, Songs of Experience just debuted as number one on the album's chart which means you have had a chart-topping album in every decade from the 80s. Why do you still push so hard for hits? How did your faith get you through all of this? Bono responded, quote, The person who wrote best about love in the Christian era was Paul of Tarsus, who became St. Paul. He was a tough fucker. He is a super intellectual guy, but he is fierce, and he has, of course, the Damascan experience. He goes off and lives as a tent maker. He starts to preach, and he writes this ode to love 
which everybody knows from his letter to the Corinthians. Quote, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. End quote. How do you write these things when you are at your lowest ebb? Because I didn't, I didn't deepen myself. I am looking to somebody like Paul who was in prison and writing these love letters and thinking. How does that happen? It's amazing. End quote from Bono. Bono continues regarding Wiener's faith question and Bono's near-death experience. Begin quote. I read the Psalms of David's all the time. They're amazing. He's the first bluesman shouting at God, quote, why did this happen to me, end quote. But there's honesty in that too. But if you're asking me what I learned, I've learned to try and put time aside to meditate on the day ahead. I don't want to get all religious on you, but so forgive me. But if you're interested, this is today's meditation. I will share this with you because it's beautiful and because it might make you smile. Here it comes. This is Psalms 18 and is one of those Psalms of David that has been translated into modern idiom by a man called Eugene Peterson, a great writer. It goes, quote, God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before him. When I got my act together, he gave me a fresh start. Now I'm alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. Every day I review the ways he works. I try not to miss a trick. I feel put back together and I'm watching my step. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. End quote from Peterson. Bono goes on to say, isn't that beautiful? End quote. This unabashed, courageous faith position demonstrated by Bono in the Rolling Stone interview stands out because Bono and Wiener, while their ideas regarding politics and social issues are aligned, are not even in the same book, much less on the same page regarding religion and faith. Bono clearly and courageously expresses his faith to Wiener in a most unthreatening and loving way. Wiener's a man whose power is legendary for making or breaking people in the music industry. Also, in other parts of the Rolling Stone interview, we find that U2's audience in the millennial demographic segment is important and growing. Bono's faith-based words and ideas are not well aligned with most millennials, according to the Pew Research Center, and probably not with those millennial college demonstrators appearing on my TV news program. These millennials are demonstrating to prevent someone from speaking on their campus whose words and ideas differ from theirs. Therefore, Bono's Rolling Stone faith-based words and ideas are fraught with risk to you two of their estrangement, potentially, from their key millennial target market segment. However, Bono's courage to respectfully present potentially differing words and ideas through his intellectual honesty wins the interview day with Rolling Stone. Rodney King, that great sociologist of the 1990s but unintended perpetrator of the 1992 L.A. riots, said during the L.A. riots, quote, 
why can't we all just get along, end quote. Well, Rodney, we can't just all get along because we don't first love our neighbor as ourselves. The love in the context of Jesus, Paul, and Bono means that one has respect and honor for another person, including their differing words and ideas. In loving another person, we do not approach their differing words and ideas with the fear that our words and ideas will not stand the test of a conversation. Rather, love encourages us to engage the differing ideas of another person with intellectual curiosity and respect, not fear. On the other hand, I'm not so naive as to realize that some words and ideas should be feared and avoided along with their purveyor. However, fear is not the starting point for a respectful discussion. I would argue that fear is not the ending point either if we want to learn from others and their ideas or just to get along. If one researches the focus of the lyrics from U2's and Bono's Mothers of the Disappeared from their The Joshua Tree album, one can certainly understand the powerful position Bono is taking regarding children abductions and child trafficking. However, I wonder how Bono would consider the powerful case that I could build from Mothers of the Disappeared and its words and ideas that I posit apply even more to the parents of the children killed by abortion. It might take a weed ram of telemordu and a cup of Starbucks dark for Bono to sit down with me and discuss abortion. However, I strongly believe that Bono would engage me and others in this conversation. Neither of us fears the words and ideas of others, and we both thirst for learning in our lives lived in faith and friendship. Remember Jesus' concept of love and friendship in John 15, verses 13 and 14, which sets a high bar for us. Quote, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. End quote. As listeners to this podcast, you can check out my first podcast regarding the word friend. As listeners to this podcast, I hope you remember my friends and become my friends and not just my acquaintances. Remember my website, coffeewordsideas.com, and my email, baristabill at coffeewordsideas.com. Until next week, don't forget to exchange synergistic words over good coffee to derive world-changing ideas. Thank you for joining this podcast and let me hear from you respectfully. Words indeed do matter.